Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. We are broadcasting live from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord. I'd be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great, well, maybe not so great episode for you today, but we're going to have fun doing it in the process. But let me go ahead and introduce you to the co-pilot of this plane. That's right. He's the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. He's 2016's Honorable Mention Father of the Year. The inventor of the redneck egg roll on old mic number one. Give it up for Mojo! Hello, I'm Bernie Sanders. Wow. And I fully endorse the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. You are clipping like a champ, buddy. Can you, can you please pay me my hot dog and coffee for my endorsement? <laughs> Thank you for joining us again. Once again, this is episode seven. Um, with us, actually, I'm going to introduce our guest with us, so he may want to add some commentary. Um, this is Justin Wallace. He's the head padre at One Life Church here in Concord, and uh, he'll be joining us a little bit later in the seg- uh, segments. Uh, we'll be interviewing him about millennials. Um, yes, that mysterious unicorn group that we love they're, so much. They're mainly all around right now looking for Pokemon. Yeah, so but you can spot them. They'll probably have flannel on and 110-degree heat and skinny jeans, <laughs> so they're <laughs> easy to spot. Um, thanks for joining us again. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and also the interwebs. Look up SFP Radio, um, southernfryphilosophy.com on the interwebs. Um, please keep checking back with us. We love your submissions. We've had a lot of questions this week. Uh, mm. Some sent to me personally oh, on my personal uh, account uh, with the last week's episode, but we'll kind of get to that a little bit later. Um, but anyway, appreciate you guys joining us, and fire away, buddy. Yeah, I did... I've been meaning to say this for the past seven episodes, but the intro and outro music uh, is brought to us by Lenny the Band. So, um, Lenny and the Band. Not not those guys. But uh, I did want to give a shout out to them, so I yeah. appreciate that. And also, uh, Mr. Kenny Loggins for that intro. He wrote us and said we could use <laughs> Lenny it. And so. the van, Lenny and the Band is also available for bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, birthdays, um, anniversaries too. And funerals. And I've already got them booked for mine. So Do you? Don't okay. Even, don't even All think right. about it. All right. Got you there. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun show. We we weren't able to tape it on Wednesdays, which we normally do. Uh, so it's Friday, and I'm in the fun zone, so I don't even care. So <laughs> hopefully when you listen to this on Monday, you'll, you'll be like, it's like a Friday, but it's not really. You've got four more fun days of work, people. <laughs> Enjoy right. it. Feels like a Monday. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, I'm going to ask the question like I do every week. Mojo, how you been doing? You know, I'm all right. Um, nose hair. Oh, it, I'm telling you, I, I'm almost 40 now, but it seems like the rapid growth of nose hair <laughs> keeps increasing, like <laughs> exponential. But right. I know I'm on these uh, steroids post-transplant. That a boy. I can see you bulking up. But now I'm telling you right now, I look like Bob Marley some mornings with a nose hair hanging out. <laughs> I was going to go with uh, uh, Bob. Isn't uh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Happy Trees. Yeah. Yes. You got a happy tree coming out of your nose. It's like broccoli stalks. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. I mean, like, I'm telling you, I pull one, ten more grow. So I don't know if I'm able to breathe in a few years. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. One of my pastimes, when I, when I get stressed, and it's so disgusting, and Jessica's like, not this again, but I pick my nose hairs when I get stressed. I do that when I'm driving. Yeah, when so, you're driving yeah. or like I'm stressed. And, and then you're like kind of trying to stare with one eye throat and then one yes. eye at the hair and you're kind of like is it a winner yes did i collect anything so. I, I look I, I you know hold it up to her and be like look at this one it's massive this is the biggest one yet but also I've, I've i've started to embrace the gray that's coming in because that's something i never thought i would get not to give my a sad story but i mean 
kind of waiting on the heart. You never know. But so I'm starting to turn a little gray now, so I'm actually embracing it. I'm a, I'm hoping to be like a sexy silver fox in a few years. Are you still talking about the nose hair? Both. I mean, actually, I pulled a ginormous white one the other day. So you know what's because you can feel the difference. Oh yeah, like it's like it I can breathe. Well, and it's so <laughs> thick. You know, it's thicker. <laughs> it's a thicker hair up there. So you gotta. Somebody did kind of chat chat my rear end this week and burns my biscuits. Come on, bring is, uh, it. it. You know, it, it, every election cycle, and yeah, we kind of get we kind of get a little more in election, but a little bit mm-hmm. later. But um, the the way the media cycles, I'm not pro Trump, not pro Hillary. I'm just kind of an observer, and um, the, the way the media spends things. Um, I, did you hear anything about the four hundred million dollar pallet of cash? That mm-hmm. Iran received, right? Yep. I think they got a toll. Mysteriously, just all of a sudden, got yeah. a payoff. And it w- of course, it wasn't a payoff. It was for. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear what the excuse was? Uh, we we owed them some money back in the day from 1979. And they Jimmy just Carter. now got it cleared up. Yeah, I kind of highly doubt that. I'm sure Iran probably would have wanted some inflation costs for that too. Well, the inflation was like five trillion dollars. Yeah, like <laughs> so, but so you know, you hear you heard about. I think they. Uh, one of the political uh, pol- uh, political fact, whatever, did a fact check on this, but um, they spent a total of three minutes and forty six sec- uh, seconds on, on like a twenty four hour cycle in the news station on this four hundred million dollar cash payment. Mm-hmm. Um, now look at the moronic tweets by Hair Trump. Mm-hmm. They've spent <laughs> seven times the amount of that on those on those tweets and comments and things like that. Now the comments and tweets. Absolutely asinine. Right. He probably yeah. needs to insert filter. Listen, and, uh, if they would, if his handler would just say, I just need you to shut up, and every time that you talk, to say, so when are we going to go arrest the other one? You know, and if, also, why not? Who's his handler? I, Somebody I, get a hold of him and fire who him. Who knows? But obviously, he needs to be fired, too. Yes, <laughs> like, get rid of his handler. Just shut but up. But you know what happened if, if that was Clinton's handler? Oh. Mysterious suicide? <laughs> we're, we're at what? Uh, if you believe the conspiracy theories, you're at like 101 or 111. I don't know. That lawyer just died two weeks ago. Yeah, so I think who? they're up to officially 46. If there were 46 of people around me that that mysteriously committed suicide, I would look at my own life and say, what about me? Right. Do people want to get away from me so bad that that's the only option? You have that effect on people. Well, I no, do have you know, I don't know. I just... I, you, you, you media was used to be – they used to joke you had the military, you had the core systems, and you had the media. That was what mm-hmm. kept politics in check. We've not had that in numerous years. I mean, especially with the invention of – you have CNN, MSNBC, CBC right. that so are much, considered yeah. very left-wing. And then you have Fox News who's considered right-wing. Yeah. But at any given point, they can – kind of shift towards more the middle but we really need we really don't have anyone left that's kind of the fourth estate anymore that right. will protect us and kind of give us uh, you know unfiltered it's news called, it's called the bbc and al jazeera <laughs> an rt you know actually russian uh, today is actually a good channel oh is it yeah but and of course they're not many not many you know providers anymore but you have to kind of mm-hmm. find them but um and of course everyone now the the time, just the times. Everyone gets some news from social media, right? And every website will have their clickbait title. You know, mm. people read the title, they don't read the content, right? And then all of a sudden, they go off making assumptions about about the about the content of the, of the source without reading the source. They're just reading the, the headline. I know exactly what you mean because I keep clicking on those twenty five most interesting pictures on the internet, and I never really get any good content. <laughs> 
<laughs> you get all the pop, you get all the pop ups there. Yeah, like that. I'm like ah, oh, not this again. And yeah. I hit the ad and it drives me nuts. Yeah, because the the arrow the X is really really small. Right. And I hate that yeah. son of a gun. And it also is moving around too. So <laughs> one of these days I'm going to get you X. <laughs> oh yeah. But anyway, so how you be doing? Man, I'm good. Like I said, we celebrated Jess's birthday, so we went to the delicious Cabo Fish Taco down in. Okay, so I say Noda. Everybody's like, no, duh. Like, that drives it's, me It's nuts. Noda. Uh, and then we went to the amazing city council meeting, which, hey, buddy, there is some, some comedy gold in that What was, was the botanical garden ladies meeting not, me, not meeting that night that well, you want to go sit in there? We had to, we had to celebrate and give, give plaques to everybody and their, their grandma. And 15 years of service for driving a bus. Appreciate that. Nice. No accidents. Nice. Really? So you get an award for showing up and not, not getting an accident? We love our participation trophies. <laughs> we do. So, isn't that trophy of driving safely for 15 years, isn't that called a paycheck? That's Exactly. Why do we need to get a trophy for doing our job correctly? Recognize. I mean, you know what? Give him a Chick-fil-A gift card. Instead of buying him a stinking trophy, give him a Chick-fil-A gift card. What are you going to do with that trophy? Yeah. Nothing. You're going to sit on your shelf. shelf. You're going to die one day, and then they're going to auction it off at a grand auction. Um, Scratch and dent section. But I will say, the uh, the city the city hall is really nice. I don't know if you've been in there or not, but it's it's really nice. It's, it's ironic how all government buildings are really nice. Are super nice, yeah. 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 I wonder, well, how is that possible? Because uh, is it, they sell hot dogs down the lobby I something? think so. You get a slice of pie for a buck. You know, wow. that's how you, that's how they make their money. I'm going to, I'm going to city hall for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you wanted to bring up? I'd like to actually address the last week's episode, episode six. I'm, you can go back and listen to it in order or not in order. That's the beauty of the podcast. But we had uh, my friend on, um, Schwabe, who is a practicing Muslim. Um, he and his family are very dear to me, but also he, uh, he, he was a proud military, did honorably discharged out of the U.S. Army. Probably served during ninety nine to two thousand five. Um, so he, you know, being a Muslim during nine eleven, yep. one of the greatest tragedies we've ever seen. You know, took took courage and strength. I mean, he he was there, didn't ask to be moved, stationed anywhere else, but he, right. he went where he's told. My friend Laura, who's his her uh, his wife, kind of reached out to me and said, you know, great episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, about twenty four hours uh, later. We're kind of still on the highs of the, doing the episode. We've had great feedback from a lot of people. Right. Um, a lot of people were friends I've known forever, and people I had, have no clue were messaging me saying, a great episode. You guys would mm-hmm. love to hear you guys do do this again with him. Yeah. kind of want to learn more. Mm-hmm. You know, and also, um, we, you know, feedback was, sure, we'll do that. You know, we, yeah. we want to hear from you guys and want Definitely. to know what you want. But, you know, Laura kind of was upset um, after I spoke with her mm-hmm. the following morning. They were were at the beach and stuff. And uh, she said, you know, she's had people sending negative comments to her and also unfriending her on Facebook, you know, oh. and would send a parting shot before they would unfriend wow. her. So and it was all because they didn't know she was a converted Muslim. So Ooh. this is Y'all. to this is to just our Christian family. Y'all. To just people in general. I don't care what religion, what faith, but shame on you guys. Yeah. Because... Seriously, we're, we're here. We do this podcast as a experiment. We want to open up dialogue between anyone and everyone. We're coming from this as a, as a from a place of love, not hate. Mm-hmm. Through love, we hope to gain understanding of what other people believe. Right. Um, you know, I'm not going to agree with everything you say. You're not going to agree with everything I say. Right. Heck, my own wife doesn't agree with most of the stuff I say, but <laughs> just about as a part of life. But we we want to encourage dialogue. 
if you don't have understanding, you're ignorant, especially if you don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying trying to convert anyone over to another faith, but if you're that weak in your faith that you cannot hear someone else's point of view, and that goes well across other things, politics and stuff like that. If you cannot hear someone else's point of view without taking pause and caution and getting offended, just keep your mouth shut and move along because we mm-hmm. live on this small speck of dirt. We're here for a short time. Let's get to know each other. This right. this is the reason why we have so much divisions because we we don't want to get to know each other. Yeah. Anyway, that's my two cents. Mm. All right, so we got to pull out of that and go, <laughs> and go to the fun zone again. Okay, all right, Chuck E. Cheese. No, no, I appreciate that, and you're exactly right. We've got to we've got to have dialogue, and we get to know each other better that way. And life's ridiculous. way too short. Ridiculous to be hating on each other. Yeah, you're part of the problem. I'm just going to say it. All right, and we're done. Uh, so let's go. <laughs> Let's get into the fun zone with the uh, the Olympics here. This is your Olympic update. Here we go. Beautiful. So we are on Friday, so it's going to be different when we on Monday because we're going to, you know, kick more butt. But right now, U.S. has 16 gold medals. Uh, China has 13. And uh, total medal count is 43 for us, 36 for them. Go USA. I wonder how many other the other countries. How many of the refugees, the team? <laughs> You know they just put that together this oh, year. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I will uh, scroll like down. The Refugee All-Stars or something like that is what they're called? Or, <laughs> I think that's what they're called. I mean, I, Independent Olympic something. They actually got a gold. Oh, do they? They have one gold. Good for you. You're number 33 in the list. This is just another plug for the good old US of A. <laughs> All-time, 977 gold medals. Whoa. Wow. That's Justin, by the way. Number two on the list, the USSR. Who have won three hundred and ninety-five? Oh my gosh, um, that right there—that's <laughs> that's go USA. The Olympics, the only. And I think Michael Phelps has half of ours, probably so. half of the US of A's. <laughs> the Olympics, the only time in four years that we really care about obsolete sports such as <laughs> swimming. So, have you seen the uh, the spiritual, the ultra spiritual guy with the Olympics? Yes, uh, I think I saw a brief little video of him. Oh. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play this because it's it's gold, and this is the ultra spiritual guy. I don't know what what's his name. I'm pretty sure it's J.P. Spears or Sears. Okay, so if you haven't seen him, he's he creates like a. And ton. by the way, it's a, a sarcastic YouTube humorous <laughs> video, I think. So, yeah, he also has some no, other notable videos on. He's he's pretty funny. That unites the world by creating clear lines of division between the superior nations and the inferior ones. What I love about the Olympics. In the Olympics are a two-week period where I care about the sports that I don't care about. Every four years, it's two weeks of passion and 204 weeks of complete indifference towards these sports. <laughs> Let me tell you about my favorite ones. Gymnastics. I'm grateful that this 15-year-old girl had parents who were emotionally abusive enough to live through her. 
Nine hours of training every day since she was three years old equals trauma in her psyche, stress fractures in her legs, but it equals national pride for me. I care enough about her that I'm glad she's had her whole life shattered so that she can have the glory of giving me seven minutes of glory when I watch her win a medal on TV. I forgot what her name was, but I do know she wasn't tall. Cycling. She's on a subway commercial. Cycling is the sport that determines which high-caliber athlete is most capable of passing a drug test. Anybody (laughs) can put on a pair of spandex and pedal a bike, but not just anybody has a chemistry knowledge to beat the world's best anti-doping chemical detection procedures. Track and field. Watching who can run the fastest in a straight line for nine seconds gives me hours of enjoyment. Usain Bolt, fastest man in history. When he wins another gold medal for Jamaica, it's a win for the U.S. because Jamaica is practically a part of the U.S., <laughs> just like Puerto Rico and Canada. Except Canada has a policy against winning medals in the summer games for some reason. <laughs> Swimming. I'm so glad Michael Phelps decided to make a comeback. To say that I'm riveted by this storyline is an understatement. <laughs> Being an Olympic star for over half his life meant when he retired a few years ago, he had no way to feel like he mattered in the world. So I'm thrilled to see if he can desperately capture a sense of significance for a fleeting moment one more time before he faces the inevitable emptiness of the rest of his life. That's the heart of a champion right there, diving. I can't explain it, but I love watching diving. But I get so angry when they only show three minutes worth of it and then they switch over to televising the marathon for two hours. But I act like I don't care because for some reason I'm ashamed to admit to my friends that I love watching diving so much. (laughs) Soccer. Soccer means a lot to European and South American countries, but the fact of the matter is, soccer doesn't mean a thing to any of the countries in the USA. And that's the trump card that proves it's irrelevant when the US horribly fails in soccer. Besides, it's a game that lasts for three hours and with a score of one to nothing. Amen. That's hardly a game. Amen. And it's certainly not a sport. True. Race walking. Now this is a sport that <laughs> makes sense. Who can go the fastest at not going their fastest? It's like who can be the best at mediocrity? So paradoxical. I love it. Basketball. Teamwork is what wins you gold in Olympic basketball. And the U.S. knows that the best way to accomplish this is to take the 10 most selfish players in the NBA <laughs> and form a team out of them. (laughs) Basketball is an Olympic sport that carries more unknown variables than any other event. Will the U.S. win the gold medal game by 50 points? 70 points? Or will we shamefully win by only 30 points? (laughs) I could easily be an Olympic athlete if I was younger. And if there was a sport I was really good at, I'm going to go swimming now. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to my Olympic caliber channel. It'll help you pass your next anti-doping test. Uh, so that's uh, J.D. Spears on why he loves the Olympics. I, I can concur with some of those. Soccer is not a real sport. I'm just going to say that. I, Car- I was uh, listening to a, co- a comedian today, and uh, Carlos Mencia. Oh yeah, and uh, he was—he's <laughs> wondering why Mexico doesn't ever medal in high jumping <laughs> and swimming. Well, there's a point to be said. Yeah, well, that's that from Carlos Mencia, the, not me. The so. good thing about these sports, though, is like handball. Handball is one of my favorite Olympic sports. But the reason I really like it is because it gives me hope that I could still possibly <laughs> oh my gosh. make the Olympics, right? No, I, I watched uh, the 25-meter the woman's pistol, you know, pistol shooting. Yeah. Seriously, she was a biggin'. She yeah. wasn't like a skinny athlete. She, hey, buddy. 
she she came in hot and she you was, still have hope yeah like i can actually make something i the, can make or, or archery like that guy's got oh, a yeah. beer gut like seriously he's got a beer gut and he's he's letting her rip. hope for the common person right that's yeah. right Anybody. That's what the Olympics is about. Did you see this? The 11 weird sports that actually were in the Olympics. This mm-hmm. is courteous, courtesy of the HuffPo or Huffington Post. Live pigeon shooting. <laughs> well, yeah, because PETA would have been all over that. That should be held in Central Park. You know, little rat, of, rats with wings. This is a side note. So I did see where PETA wanted to erect a five-foot statue in memory of a overturned chicken truck that fell over, that crashed and killed thousands of chickens, and they wanted to erect a five foot statue in memory. What was the statue gonna be like? A KFC bucket? <laughs> it was pretty enco- encompass it all of a picture of the uh, of the chickens. Yeah, yeah. how ridiculous yeah. is that? Seriously, Just, the uh, pigeon shooting was uh was. Only in one Olympics in the Paris Games in 1900. I wonder why. I, I think actually it was just a coo- uh, just a, a ploy to get all the rid of the pigeons and yeah. yeah. I mean, if we could reinstate that in New York, that would be fantastic. Or if they had like some old lady with a bag of birds, so you just throwing seat in the air and then people are shooting them <laughs> on skeet. So New um, York Central Park, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Number two, swimming obstacle course. Ooh, um, that this is another one of those only games that appeared in 1900 in Paris. So Paris obviously was the innovator of a lot of the games. The tug of war was actually an Olympic sport. Really? Yep. And the uh, Paris. I'm sorry. Actually, it was Paris uh, 1900 to 1920. Come um, on. French. And the reason why it was ended, ended was because of World War One. Um, and actually, the team that represented the USA was the Milwaukee's Athletics Club. And we actually won gold in the 1904 one wow. night. And Britain, Britain and Ireland took it in 1908. So, anyway, we, we won gold in tug of war. So, wow. long jump, long jumping for horses. What? And high jump for horses were also <laughs> two previous events. That would have been fun to watch. Uh, plunge for distances. This would be back in the swimming thing. They dive in and actually uh, see who could stay underwater the the longest, I guess, just on a dive. Or how far down yeah. they go. That Probably would be the good ones for the big ones. That, that also gives me hope. Bring it back. <laughs> the, cannon, the cannonball. The cannonball. That's what it was. Croquet. The most okay. boring sport in the world. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm a croquet master. Really? Yeah. Now that, that's, I could play that sport right now. It's kind of like cornhole for me. It's kind of like, you know, curling. Yeah. I would, like curling is like the no, anybody, anybody could do that. It, that does give me hope though, because, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So bring back the croquet. <laughs> <laughs> rope climbing oh no i was not that i kid. I, I, I sucked it in gym and oh, elementary school i could so. never get get up there yeah, this one was actually um you actually had to do it from a seated start Ooh, you couldn't and you Mm-mm. couldn't you couldn't get the little hop up at the front no no Ooh, no you couldn't even use your legs whoa well crossfit we took that in 1904 gold yeah, we did. and uh actually our our u.s our team member george Iser took the title. His feet were. Uh, let's see if I can read this right. He only he had one wooden leg. Well, you he don't did, if you can't. Yeah, but yeah. still, that's pretty neat. Oh yeah, because yeah. no see, he would have been cast with another side, like the para- Paralympics, or whatever. Oh, so, yeah. but he tandem bicycle sprint. Nope. Two people on a bike. Yeah, yeah. no, I got it. That's lame. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know about team sports like that. Um, standing high jump and underwater swimming isn't all swimming underwater. <laughs> I actually just asked my wife about that underwater swimming. If that they should bring that back, so you have to be under the water the whole time. The whole time, yeah. See who can hold their breath the longest, mm-hmm. or oh, doggy cool. paddle. 
Oh yeah, you know. Well, you know, in the the one, <laughs> I could do the doggy paddle. <laughs> the individual medley, you you at the end, you can choose whatever one you want. Oh, that it would be great. Be, so I was thinking, like, what if you did, like, you know, Dead Man's Float? Yeah. <laughs> or doggy paddle. Those would be good ones. <laughs> just, you, I mean, you're letting her eat all the way through, and at the end, you just flip over and just lay there, like, all right. This is, this is how I'm bringing it home. Wow. That'd be kind of the snapping turtle. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm sure there's a swim out there. If, if you're the last person, you would just give up and be like, doggy paddle it. Or like I yeah. said, dead man's float. They'd have to wait on you the whole time, you know? <laughs> you tired. You set the new world's record for the longest swim ever. At least you hold that. Oh, uh, that would be great. Instead no. of being on a Subway commercial, you'd be like on a buffet commercial. <laughs> Fat for Golden guy. Corral. <laughs> yeah. Lockie should have done that. Yeah. She was like, screw it. I'm out. Oh, anything else? Yeah, actually, oh, wow. uh, actually I do. The Olympics kind of got me stoked this week when you oh, yeah. mentioned we wanted to do that. So it's being reported right now, and the Olympic Commission is actually investigating this, but evidently uh, one of the kayakers <laughs> was capsized as he hit a sofa that was floating underwater just briefly into the surface so there's actually and actually there's a hashtag trending on twitter uh hashtag kayak sofa so there's and the the tweets that go along with this are beyond hilarious so let me get this straight so there's a kayaker legitimately like trying to let her eat and and, yeah you know go fast and he they hit a sofa they hit a sofa and then tip over I, yeah, we we haven't had any commentary from the guy yet because that's the reason why it's still being investigated. But you know, can you imagine me like, what happened, Pierre? Uh, I was uh, in mid-stroke of the paddle, and uh, you know, I saw something bobbing, and all of a sudden, a Broy Hill sofa just popped out of nowhere. It's kind of ironic because the same pattern as my grandmother's <laughs> sofa. Oh, I can't get it up in that voice. Come on, <laughs> give me some. <laughs> It's also my karaoke voice, too. Oh, no. 80s hair band tribute. <laughs> oh. So, and and if they hit that water, you're supposed to, like, not have even three teaspoons of that in your mouth, because then you get infected, right? Yeah. All of oh. us, did he, did, he, did he find any uh, couch candy, like coins or, you know. <laughs> There's that Cheeto I've been looking for. <laughs> uh, pencil. There's always, like, seven pencils. Oh, yeah. In there, and, like, that's where all the pencils went. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's probably a remote or two. <laughs> He found that Apple remote. Like, <laughs> That's why I Velcroed mine to the other remotes. I'm good. So, yeah, they, uh, the the kayak sofa mm-hmm. was evidently uh, a very trending story last night. So. Uh, um, it, here's the one that's kind of kind of got me all all crazy today. Automatically, once a, a U.S. Olympian medals, mm-hmm. um, the IRS is practically standing at the end <laughs> at the end of the stage where well, they the podium. Yeah, so. Uh, Obviously, when uh, someone wins a medal, they receive also bonus cash too, and the bonus oh. cash is up to twenty five thousand dollars for gold, oh. fifteen thousand for silver, and ten thousand no, dollars for bronze. I had now, no idea they get paid. Yeah, hmm. a little bit, but you got to think though, like uh, one of the swimmers, um, her parents spent a hundred thousand dollars a year on swimming lessons. Oh yeah, so they're, they're, there's money they're never going to get back. They're hoping that. They get money back on endorsement sometime. Sure, you know, back on the backside. But yeah, as soon as as soon as they're sitting there, they're, these guys are paying a bonus tax on these medals. Wow, um, and paying a bonus tax on the cash too. So, way to go, USA. And they're they're only like six hundred dollars, like the yeah. value. Of them. Yeah, so they're really meltdown not. weight or whatever. Right, yeah. ridiculous. But yes, so they got that, and then um, obviously the you have to you'll have to go, uh, everybody will have to kind of Google the uh, Olympic Village. 
and the comments and the what's happened there. So if we thought Sochi, Russia was bad with Ooh. having the standards for living, standards of living for the few weeks Ooh, Olympians are there, I think Brazil just won the gold for this too. So it's been a it's been a bad month for Rio, besides displacing all the millions of people. <laughs> so. Well, and and even like the the golf the golf course. I don't know if you've seen or heard anything about this golf course, but. Uh, evidently, there are uh, boa constrictors and crocodiles, uh, along with 145-pound giant rats. I'm probably going to bet that the snakes and crocodiles are probably not the same size you get at PetSmart. Oh, no. No, they're, they're coral snakes, so there's some poison. This one's out there. Um, one of them, it, so this 145-pound rat, they actually found one, and it was the the ultimate weight, or like the the weight of it was 210 pounds. Um and it's called a, 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 a cabiara, I think. It's a, it's a rodent. Uh, it's a, very similar to the karate style of Brazil. <laughs> cabiara. Uh, the USA Today wrote an article, and they said the cabiara rodents, they're built a little bit like John Daly and weigh <laughs> up too much as 145 pounds. <laughs> so they're also alcoholics. Too. And they're two feet tall. So, I mean, imagine these bigots that are two feet tall and built like old John Daly. Pit All roast right. those bad boys. <laughs> I wonder how they taste. We'll get Bad Mother Smokers to do it down there, roasting uh, up some caballero. That would be good. Speaking of uh, Bad Mother Smokers, I do want to announce our live uh, event coming up this Thursday. So um, this actual Thursday, we're going to be doing a backyard battle, brawl, y'all. brawl, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so we're going to be put, pitting our own mojo against Bad Mother Smokers uh, with some pork sliders at the uh, Union Street Live here in downtown Concord, right in front of the HP5 studios. So come down, and you can check out those. Um, you can vote for which one you like the most. Hopefully it'll be Mojo's. Uh, you can pick up some of Dennis's sauce out there, so uh, the Bad Mother Smoker's smoking sauce. So it'll be a fun time. So step on by, say hi to us. We'll sign some autographs and all that fun stuff. So we will be out there for your Listening pleasure and eating pleasure. Eating pleasure. <laughs> Dining pleasure. Yeah. So um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will uh, talk some politics and have our special guest, Justin. So we will be right back. Don't, don't worry. We'll easily offend everyone with this. Oh, yeah. That's the game plan. Summer is made for grilling and chilling. You, too, can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce. Bad Mother Smokers is a perfect match for the your favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in the pot of chili. Check out BadMotherSmokers.com to place your order. And if you want to be the baddest uh, barbecue pit master on the block like me, Mojo, enter your promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit BadMotherSmokers.com to get yours today. All right, we are back. Now we're going to bring to you the political update. These are the days of America, brother to brother, These are the days of America, walking together through the promised land. All right, what do we got? Well, you know, I'm... I think I've stated before, and just in case you're a new listener, I'm personally I'm not a Democrat or Republican. What? I know. Imagine that. Stop it. But you know th- this election cycle, 
has been held as the most important election of our lifetime. I mean, have you ever heard that before? Only all the time. Have you heard that before? I have. Okay. I have heard that. Thanks so that's, uh, I think that's kind of the tagline for every election, but I, I was going to say, I think I heard that in 2008 and 2012. Actually, I think I've heard it ever since I started voting back in 1996 or yeah. whatever. So it's just, uh, anyway, it's nuts. But, uh, you know, yes, there's been some drastic changes in the last eight years since past election cycle, probably more than I can ever remember as far oh, as yeah. here home, you mm-hmm. know, besides uh, the wars and stuff the last 30 years. But, um, you know, some good things, some bad, a lot of bad, depending upon what your uh, political persuasion is. There's also, just like every election cycle, there's a plethora of empty political promises uh, no, that candidates will it. make. I mean, uh, but they'll make these as political fodder to the and pandering to their base or whatever crowd they're in front of. Obama so. said he was going to give me a hovercraft, and that never happened. <laughs> Come on now. Dude, you know, some examples of some failed promises, and these are this kind of covers the last few years. I mean, <laughs> we don't it, have time. This is an hour long <laughs> podcast. Uh, we will build a border fence. Now uh-huh. that that was. That was George W. You hey, Georgie. He got started, never completed. <laughs> Read my lips, no new taxes. Yeah, he, he tried. He did old, as long old, as he could. That was old Papa Bush. Um, let's see what else. I'll close Gitmo. That was <laughs> right, a that's, bomber. That's still open, right? Yeah, I think, I think they're still open and accepting. So. Well, it, it's the new. They're going to make yeah. it the new Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll bring home the troops from Afghanistan and Iraq. And nailed it. Yeah, I yeah. think we're still actually. What they've done is they've renamed them to, uh, like special deployment delegates or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they still troops there. Just right. they renamed them. Renamed so, them. Kind of like our unemployment figure numbers. Toilet cleaners. <laughs> so like that. Uh, Shovel ready projects. I don't know if you remember that. But after the 2008 financial crisis, mm. uh, we got promised they had shovel ready projects. Yeah, how are those going right now? Mm. They're probably still shovel ready. Is that kind of the same thing that old Hillary said was uh, we're going to get jobs and who's going to do those jobs? Well, that and I'm sure Herr Trump says, you know, like we're going to build a wall mm-hmm. and it just got 10 foot taller and Mexico's going to pay for it and thank us and pay us back in salsa, whatever. That would be delicious. I'll that would be, be, that. be a good trade. We could get it yeah, for salsa. We could trade. So, but what I'm saying is that um, every cycle we hear this. Right. Um, over and over. But my challenge is. Don't post anything on Facebook. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> win friends and influence people, post on Facebook. So. But, you know, think about it. Out of the 200-plus million Americans that are actually eligible, including myself, yourself, and Justin, um, this is what we've narrowed down to. Right. The cream, of, the cream of the crap. This is it. I mean, we have, yes, she's, the, no, she's not the first woman presidential candidate because that right. goes to Miss Chitwood. But Bless your mouth. <laughs> what? But... Christian Chenoweth? Is, it, is she run? No, no. That would be a good candidate. I'd vote for her. I, she, her voice. I don't know which one I would hate more, Hillary's or Christian Chenoweth. What? Uh, side note. Why does Hillary always sound like she's yelling into the microphone? I'm going to make this promise. Wah, 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 yeah, wah, so. wah, wah, wah. you got to give that her that. Cadence. And, that yeah. cadence driving Of course, Mr. Small Hands is like, uh-huh. you know, it's going to be huge. Don't, all, you, yeah. don't you wish that Hillary, whenever she talks, would just talk like, your grandma like just like a grandma because she is a grandma right instead of trying to yell and make a point yeah. just just talk like a grandma i think she'd have more success right uh, she would have more success probably if she just kept well nothing is going to stop her from getting the presidency literally the fbi will not help they, they've already done that they already had their one shot right and of course they i, I mean i guess call didn't want to end up on the uh <laughs> 
on the, on the, on the least on the least favorite list but that she has to carry to your on, point so. like just shut up and let him just keep running his mouth yeah. and uh, yeah. I, I just i i could sit and listen to my grandma talk right yeah. you know mama Come yeah. on, let's talk. And well, you, get, you have a lot of forgiveness for your grandma, even when she says crazy things. <laughs> You're right. <about laughs> but when that. somebody's yelling at you, yeah. you don't have much forgiveness. But Biggins, oh, yeah. Biggins, Biggins grandma makes chocolate, chocolate gravy and she biscuits. Does. So yeah. I, she I could, could, I she could tell me she's a Nazi, and I'd be like, "All right, grandma, just give me more." You'd of that vote chocolate. for her for yeah. president. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. If she's if a but but like I said, my point is, I don't, I don't even take our whole population out of the whole population. This is what we have. I mean, it's this, our own fault. Can oh I no! Absolutely, this is our own fault. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, these candidates are ex- an exact reaction to the past eight years and this, reality TV, both of them on yes. both sides. But also, so, but TV. also social media. You know, right. social media has impacted what reason why these candidates. You know, but this is what we narrowed down to. Yeah. And but you hear on from one side, yeah, but Mojo, he's going to make America great again. Okay, can he make America great again? I'm sure if he has some great policies. But we've heard very few of them. Exactly. That's but the part but that also, me. yeah. But also, do you want one person to be able to make America great? Because that's one mm-hmm. person. That's called a dictatorship. You know. <laughs> right. um, but then also on the other side, my friends are like, yeah, but but Mojo, she's the first woman in history. We can make history. Blah blah. blah. Mm. Well, give me a good woman to vote for. Right. Yeah. Because I can tell you right now, based on her history, I mean, and we have a lot Ooh. of history from her. Ooh. She's Documented she's actually history. been pl- yeah she's actually been politically active since she was fourteen. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of documented history, right? And also documented history with Trump too. I mean, we're not we're not just picking on her. I mean, I know we'll probably seem that way, but um, but I guess let's go back for a second. How do we end up here? How do we end up in this two thousand eight? I I really honestly think the social media has played a huge effect in it. You looked early on in the Republican primaries, Trump was king tweeters. I mean, he he had a you mm. I mean humongous huge. a huge. He's got a huge Twitter following, and so did Bernie Sanders too. Ironically, but but Trump just used that social media to his advantage. Yeah, I mean he was spending very few dollars and things like that. Um, but also, I think that's how he got here. Yeah, I mean I honestly well, think I, so. I think I think uh, celebrity worship. Yeah, speaking to your the um, you know the the reality TV shows mm-hmm. like the celebrity worship I think is what what has gotten us here because if you think about the celebrities that we worship, even some of the Olympians. Like mm-hmm. we will, we will look over the most massive failures when it yeah. comes to celebrities. Yeah, and they don't. They, I mean, they might ask for forgiveness. They might not. Mm-hmm. But we will. It's. A, I don't know what it is, but we we stand in awe of these celebrities. That I don't know that we want to be like them, but there's something about them that is mesmerizing, mm-hmm. and we're willing to put our lives on the line. To see them live their lives and to have power, right? And to have more fame and to be like have more money, so it's it's kind of crazy. What happens next week on the Clintons? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I wake up every morning looking at Twitter, thinking that like what <laughs> what happened the right. night before? You know, right? Well, and then and then as a, as a country, we wait for them, we build them up, and then we cannot wait for them to fall. Oh, absolutely. You've seen that. You've seen that with President Obama. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I was on campus at UNC Charlotte when he um, gave his speech in 2008, and I remember standing by one of my friends um, who loved him mm-hmm. and loved every word that came out of his mouth, and it wasn't within three years that he was throwing him under the bus, that mm-hmm. he hated everything about him. Mm-hmm. And so 
we we love to build them up as high as high can be mm-hmm. and then when they fall i mean we we just stomp on them and stomp on them uh it's it's a but that's part of the political theater hey, in god this bless country. america is, is what i gotta say about that but you god know god bless america <laughs> <laughs> you know um but going back to the celebrity worship mm-hmm. but we also have celebrity worship that worships these politicians you, i mean because you're always constantly seeing any hollywood leftist coming out and supporting Mm-hmm. You know, left wing. Well, I always just say just Hillary, but left wing. It's always popular like that. And right wing, you, you got to be a closet conservative in Hollywood. Or or Caitlyn Jenner, because <laughs> she is a Republican. He is uh, pulling for Trump. So um, I, I want people to research these candidates. I mean, because to be honest with you, even as a third party guy, mm-hmm. my candidate sucks. Our <laughs> our party candidate sucks yeah. because he's really not a true libertarian. Okay, yeah. maybe he's better than Trump. Maybe he's better than Hillary. But he's really not a true libertarian, you know. And I'm sure people argue argue me on that. But uh, I got ten facts for you why he's not. But, but here's the reason why I want people to research these candidates, and not just based off the clickbait that these social media people push, mm-hmm. because we have we do have some things at stake this election cycle. I mean, right. it's not going to be the end all be all where we're all of a sudden going to be in bread lines in Venezuela. I don't think. But <laughs> these violence. are these are things that are important. I mean, we have the current. True unemployment. Google true unemployment numbers, not just these statistics that the the government retweaks and then puts out. Mm-hmm. Also, ironically, if you look at oh, oh, by the way, uh, June or July, we the U.S. nation added on two hundred thousand jobs. Look three months out and and see what they adjusted those numbers to. Mm. I mean, right now, <laughs> yeah, actually, right now to keep on par with college graduates, we actually need one hundred fifty thousand new jobs just created for oh, wow. people entering yeah. the workforce from college. That's a good point. So these true adjusted numbers come back. It's not. Yeah. It's not really. We're not at really a four point nine percent or whatever. So right. um, besides the true employment, we have obviously the immigration problem. Mm. You know, we, that's going to be an ongoing thing. Um, a hyper bloated economy, and what I, what I mean by that is that we have an economy right now, stock market that's being propped up by federal funds. Mm-hmm. It's not a true free market capitalistic system. It, this is a system that the, gov- the the fastest growing employer right now in this nation is the government. Mm-hmm. They've added on more jobs. If you look at the numbers, they've added on more jobs than any other sector in the market. That's really not true jobs. That's kind of just becoming more of a socialist nation. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think one of the biggest things is the, the Supreme Court justices. We got several that right. are be retiring or taking a dirt nap in a few years, and we got to replace <laughs> these guys. Or commit suicide. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, but we do, but we do have these, but we do have these coming up, and right. this is probably the most one of the most things that, that concerns me is mm-hmm. the type of judges that will not be activist judges, people that actually truly read the Constitution for the Constitution, not right. trying to make a political statement. Let's let's resource reason why the Constitution, reason why the founders wrote the, this or the Bill of Rights. You know, Supreme Court just uh, Supreme Court justices do make mistakes. So, so you're saying that we've got to elect a president who will then nominate a Supreme Court judge that does have the superpower of common sense these days. Common sense is a is a rare commodity. It's a superpower. Daytime, yeah. yeah. So um, that's a long shot. <laughs> Hillary being you know one of these candidates of these two major parties, and by the way, this two two major party system. It's just a 20th century invention. Right. I mean... The founding fathers didn't have yeah. that in mind. I mean, Abraham Lincoln, when he was elected in 1860, was actually a third-party candidate, hmm. a.k.a. a Republican. Hmm. And he over, he overwhelmingly won. So 
people that always detract saying, oh, third party can never win. Yes, they can. If enough people get upset and pissed off at the current two-party two, uh, two system and vote like I do, I'm not going to I'm gonna either vote for none of the above or I'm voting third, for third party. Enough of us will change, change the system, but obviously people are scared to because we feed into this fodder that the media keeps on perpetrating us and you know, it's doomsday. Doomsday clock. Right. It's easy I mean, to scare people and, yeah. and control them with fear. Absolutely. Right. So, but I'm just going to give you a list of, sorry, go ahead. So if I'm understanding you correctly, am, am I predicting, and I'm going to see if I can get a profit star out of this, uh, 2020, the Mojo Big and Ticket, are we going to go for that? I should be Big and Mojo. Oh, I, I just want to be the vice. I don't want that. So can we do a vice vice president? Co- <laughs> co-presidential? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we can do that. Well, that'd be great. I, I just... I just want to be able to rock in the Air Force while I'm in. <laughs> I just want to go to Area 51 and be like, all right, that was uh, it. Yeah, I'm done. Get, d- yeah reveal done. all your secrets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be the candidate that'll be like, hey, yeah. I'm going to go check out 51. I will support you on that. Which I think some people think that's exactly what Trump's shooting for. I think <laughs> just some, Area 51 secrets. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of what some people that I'm, some of my friends, like, think that Trump's just going to win and then he's going to check out. Open, open the doors to. Just check out. Like, uh, he doesn't really oh, want to be president. He's gonna, he, he's gonna, he just wants to win. He's going to build a casino on Area 51. Exactly. He'll walk in and be <laughs> oh, like, here I am. I won. Pay, America's yeah. great again because I'm here. And then, it could be. I, and then sit back and, you know, you know I, I sip guess, on his favorite drink. Even, so, even so, so, wait. We're gonna, we, I've got to do this thing 365. Like, I don't have, like, a 21-episode season that I have to fulfill. Oh, crud. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I guess the one good thing about the idea of Trump, and this, this is my only good idea. Hold, hold on. One thing. One second. I heard Trump give Hillary. He blasted Hillary because... She likes to take naps. This is this is the political arena that we're talking about. Just like mud throwing right here. They're, when they're they're talking about who sleeps the most. Oh my I don't sleep at all. Sorry, that's all I got. Is that like I'm going to stop like, now because that's crazy. Yeah, is that what we're down to? Instead, instead of hitting real issues, we're going to attack you for napping. Well, <laughs> and I know you wanted to bring this up, so we'll go ahead and bring it up now. Like the whole the whole thing with like trying to kill. Hillary, like the Second Amendment folks, and then the whole, the whole, you know, co-founder of ISIS. ISIS, like you realize he's he can't be serious. Like common sense will tell you, he does not literally mean that Obama went over to wherever it was, started ISIS, and then like picked out the flag. Like oh, I like that. That was a good one. I have my decorator in New York fixes one up. So. Like you can't honestly think that that's what he what he meant by that. I think that's what scares people about Trump is that you, regardless of whether or not you were serious, you may have been sarcastic. You you may have been joking, but you do not have the space or the freedom to be sarcastic when every word that is coming out of your mouth is being recorded, and but, so. But there's also some Trumpkins out there that will be like, "Oh yeah, there we go." Exactly. <laughs> so, well, he was serious, so I'm going to go do what he said because yeah, you're right. you know, I mean, you you're just right. you just can't. Like, if you want to be sarcastic behind closed doors, fine, be sarcastic behind closed doors. It doesn't matter what you say. But when you are out on the platform and every word is being played on, you know, CNN, Fox News, right. MSNBC, tweeted, whatever, 
Like you just do not have the freedom to be able to say whatever it is that you want to say. But that's what got him where he's at. So he's just going to keep yeah. plugging away. I guess. And that's and that's what he's saying is like that. That's what has gotten him this far is saying whatever he wants to say. <laughs> I do think it's funny now that he's making fun of himself and like looking at the polls and be like, oh, this is going the, the wrong way. Yeah. Like that's that's starting to own me. <laughs> Uh, well no actually he's blaming it on his advisors at this point his advisors are telling him to be more like you know careful and stay on script (laughs) and he's like well if i would have done it my way then i would be winning it's just it's it's complete ridiculousness both sides it's just like how like you said like how did we get here (laughs) what is happening we have lost our common sense what it's a (laughs) It's a superpower, we, and we've we've elected these idiots. You look. We're at, the country that won over nine hundred <laughs> gold medals in the Olympics. We're not going. Is, we're not going for gold in the presidency. This no. is it. This is, we're not even going for bronze. We're <laughs> we're trying to finish. We're, we're not even trying to get into the semifinals <laughs> of the hundred meter butterfly. We're we're on the the one meter, uh, the, the individual medley on our backs, just doing the dead float Golly. on the way back. Yeah, it's. And, and you look at the the Republican National Convention; they had decent candidates, like on the on the, oh, I, on the yeah, thing. Like absolutely. I like Carson; like he made he made sense. Like I get it, but why did we pick that idiot? He couldn't speak himself out of a wet paper bag, but at least he was smart, right? No, I, I, <laughs> it, it, but everything is, everything well is everything is knee jerk reaction. Yeah, that's yeah. How, that's how these people get elected. I mean, just like the the Bernie Sanders movement was. A, his followers started coming along because he everything was a knee jerk reaction. Free college, oh yeah, okay, sign me up. Well, he because we live in a society, and maybe you you, you can bring this up when we get to the millennials. But like, I think we're starting to live in a country where everybody that participation trophy, every they legitimately think that they that people deserve a oh, participation trophy. Yeah. And and I mean, I think you know, like what was it eight years ago? Marco Rubio hit the hit the scene and everybody mm-hmm. everybody immediately thought that he was going to win right. in in 2016 and then and i th- i think he would have had a chance regardless of what you think about his his stances or whatever mm-hmm. but then here comes a celebrity mm-hmm. and yeah. we live we're we're eight more years beyond 2008 and everyone is worshiping the ground that these celebrities are walking on. And right. and I wonder sometimes if it's just like, <laughs> let's just keep voting for him and see what happens. It's like, I, I just, just <laughs> keep piling the, yeah. the gasoline on the fire and see what happens. At what point we're like, oh, crap, this is actually This working. is really happening, yeah. you know? I, there's very few I reasons. Can't pull out. There's very <laughs> There's very few reasons I would vote for Trump. But one of the reasons I would is because since he's not part of that political class system— right. I'd just be curious to see what it does. Right now, that is my curiosity worth the end of the world. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it would happen. Just like right. I was, just like at a dinner discussion the other night. I don't think it would ever happen, just because everybody's so financially tied globally. But right, he, you know, for the for the hill for the hill Hillary worships worshippers out there, I've compiled a small little list, oh, courtesy of the New York Post. Here we go, um, and some other sites of just some recent. In the last twenty, thirty years, just, calling you just controversies now, that now, she's been tied to. Now, let me let me tell you, I, I in no way, shape, or form condone this act that you're about to do okay. because I want to actually survive and not kill myself. This is this is my own forest fire. I'm starting just <laughs> just for that. I have big and has nothing to do with it. I'm gonna quickly go down this list. <laughs> I'm gonna quickly go down this list before we lose people. Um, Monica, Monica Lewinsky in the cover up of that. Sure, uh, Benghazi. I know people argue in that, right. but I think uh, Comey actually 
uh, helped uh, verify that. Um, Asia fundraisers. Um, after mm-hmm. they left office, uh, they raised a boatload of cash with uh, fundraisers from Asia in the Clinton Foundation. Um, her private email server. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah, that's that's still giving us some, some gold. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Whitewater's Whitewater was a savings and loan scandal she was involved with back in Arkansas. She also uh, infected the Whitewater Center here, so those I think are tied. <laughs> so the, sing, the single cell amoebas, right? Oh jeez, yeah. yeah, she did that. Uh, Travelgate. I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. knows about that one. She fired the current staff that had been there for twenty, thirty years, supposedly out of corruption, and of course hired her friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Humagate, uh, Human Albedine, her personal send, uh, personal assistant, has been part of the, her chief of staff as far as her state department, and all, but also was the head of her campaign, which is also conflict of interest. Have, uh, have you seen the, the YouTube video where she's like, "I can't, I can't answer these questions." I think it was her, and then the reporter said, uh, "Am I not speaking English?" Oh, no. Just answer the question: Am I not speaking English? But uh, just uh, side note: Huma is actually married to Anthony Weiner, the disgraced, uh, disgraced guy. Yeah. Huh? Prostate gate. They're still they're still married. Prostitution gate. <laughs> Sorry, prostate gate. <laughs> Snapchat gate. Yeah, actually, actually, they still are. Just like Hillary and uh, uh, Bill yeah. are. They're bro- a couple. They're still in love. Yeah. So um, sweet. <laughs> So is the couple on House of Cards. But. That's right. That's, that's, my, that's, like, that's what we're watching right now. It's worse than uh, par- Pardon Gate. Uh, donations oh, that were yeah. connected back to all the pardons of mm-hmm. Bill and Dylan. Um, yeah. Actually, Hillary, Hillary benefited from that in her Senate run. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Clinton Foundation. If anybody oh, looks into the Clinton oh, Foundation, Clinton geez. Foundation has been linked as a backdoor to any country that people want political favors for business. Um, you can go back and look at yeah. uh, several countries that now have mining contracts and resource claiming contracts. Now, keep in mind, that those are documented oh, no, emails no, that have come come through to say, if you need a job, go talk to this person at the State Department. Documented. All of a sudden, speaking fees come to her husband in the right. forms of speaking fees. And then all of a sudden, they get a contract. So, yeah. Um, mysterious files uh, that disappearance uh, they disappeared and then all of a sudden a rediscovery them from the uh, Rose Law Firm where Hillary was mm-hmm. an employee at. Um, uh, Hubblegate, uh, Hillary's law partner, was actually imprisoned. Mm. I wonder what happened to her because she was also, also indicted. Um, the Swedish Slush Fund, mm. say that three times fast, um, $26 million were collected from major donors um, and then in turn the keys, to, keys were given to those guys and corporations uh, to conduct industrial mining, but also resource gathering in Africa. So this is kind of a mm-hmm. same thing. Uh, Jennifer Flowers. Yep. Jennifer with a G, one. if you can yeah. look her up. Uh, Google that. Uh, Boeing Bucks. Um, Bo- Boeing donated large sums of money, um, and in turn, Hillary negotiated and, and obtained a lucrative contract with China, uh, with Russia with mm-hmm. them. Um, Cattlegate. Anybody is <laughs> I was evidently uh, not that, not no. only was she the first lady of Arkansas, but evidently she was a great uh, uh, commodities trader, and we didn't know about it. I thought that was Oprah. <laughs> didn't she have a cattle thing? Going on? <laughs> I don't know. This th- and this is the short list. Yeah. Wow. Um, Larry Lawrence, uh, he was actually a donor of the Clinton Foundation. They ended up burying him in Arlington Cemetery, but Mr. Lawrence had no war experience. <laughs> Just for fun, Just, uh, for shiggles, yeah. Yeah, um, China Gate. Um, I don't remember China Gate, but Hillary actually sold our missile technology <laughs> to China. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank, thanks, Hill. So many of those are verified through New York Post. If you want to cross reference them, um, you were there. But um, can, can I just? I, I want to take a moment yeah. of public service time to publicly apologize to Nixon 
and his entire family <laughs> for impeaching him. Which was she, she was actually on the Watergate Commission too. <laughs> she got fired, supposedly. Like we we threw him out, like it was he was trash, and he all he did was listen to nothing for thirty seconds. Like it, seriously, no, that's right. Come but, on, but also now I I know Times I, just, have changed. I just beat up on Hill there. Now right. Trump Trump oh, is a billionaire. Okay, there's been a lot of speculation. Yeah, supposedly. Supposedly, there's speculation. <laughs> I mean, granted, granted, his daddy gave him a, a big size loan mm-hmm. to begin with, and supposedly has multiplied that with his real estate holdings and mm-hmm. things like that. But there's also speculation that maybe his books are padded. That's the reason why he hasn't really? released his tax documents. Mm. Um, but Trump has also admitted in the debates that he has partaken in the crony capitalistic system, right? That's currently right now pay to play, mm-hmm. where. You give a, give money to Clinton in, in New York as a U.S. senator, and all of a sudden you have contracts come your way. Yeah. So what it boils down to is I, I'm tired of hearing if but if you don't vote for Hillary, you're voting for Trump, or if you don't vote for Trump, you're voting for Hillary. Look, I'm a third party guy. Neither one of these guys got neither one of these buffoons got my vote. Right. Do your research and find out why. I mean, and that's just my plea to everyone because don't follow the trend of. Well, so and so wants to. So and so follows them or is going to vote for them. So I'm going to do it. Right. So that's just my challenge. Please don't educate yourself more on the Kardashians Dad. and what they eat, and then well, don't do the same thing with a presidential presidential candidate. Find out their policies. I mean, this is more important than the Kardashians who 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 the Bachelorette ended up with. I mean, mm-hmm. This is important stuff. This is like our nation here, not just the TV. So that's what I'm calling 2020. It'll be the Big and Mojo ticket. Versus the Kardashians. Actually, I think we need to run for the UN. Okay. We can do that. I, we'll look, get global. I, I haven't run in a long time <laughs> for anything. So well, I'll, we'll run. speed walk. <laughs> well, race walk. Race walk. Like yeah. the Olympics. All right. Like that. So anyway, that was my little soapbox. Our four-hour political update. All right. <laughs> Just want to give it a little shout out to uh, Black Hawk for Days of America. Thank you, guys. Black Hawk. Like I'm actually like these guys are going to listen and they're not going to get their ASCAP check. So apologize. <laughs> All right, so we're going to um, go to our special guest now. We'd, we'd like to welcome Pastor Justin Wallace of One Life Church. <clears throat> hey, there, uh, hey there, brother Wallace. <laughs> Or hey Padre, guys. or Father, or Bishop, whatever, you, whatever name you want to give him. Um, I've been called worse. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Anyway, he's the uh, new lead pastor at One Life Church here in Concord, North Carolina. Happens to be our pastor, also our friend. And uh, we just want to kind of get him on. And we're not going to do kind of a really another religious segment of uh, John 3.16 and Jesus saves. And you, uh, I'm sure 90% of you guys have heard the message, so we're not going to repeat it if you... Maybe from the podcast. <laughs> go, but, go back to episode four. But Justin um, is uh, was also for twelve years. Was it twelve years? Yeah, twelve. Twelve years. years. Twelve years was a minister with Impact Ministries here in Charlotte, which was a ministry that focused on college campuses, mm-hmm. college campus kids. Which, man, that that had that, that's probably worse mm-hmm. than picking up a new. No, I'm just kidding. That's that's probably a tough job just because that that dynamic is always changing. People right. always come in. People always leave. But anyway, I'd like to introduce Justin. Um, he's got. He's a father of two kids, uh, married to a wonderful first lady of our church. I don't know if that's what you call him. The first you call lady. Call her the first lady. What are we going to call? I'm going to call her first lady. So. All right. Anyway, um, it's official. Let it be. Son, let it be done. We shall <laughs> here, now here. call her. Here, here. I vote on first it. First lady. 
Second, anyway, so second. I'd vote for her. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's good. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, it's good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, college kids. Kids these days. <laughs> kids these days. <laughs> so, what's going on with them? Like, uh, we get we get the uh, message all the time, like, these kids are lazy, they're just going to live mm. in their parents' basement, they're going to be playing video games, the stuff that we like to make fun of them for. What, what are we missing here? What are we missing? Yeah. Man, that all those things, I've had all those frustrations a time or two mm-hmm. over the last 12 or 13 years. But I've also seen, um, I've, ha- I've, I've experienced um, some huge victories. Or um, huge. Huge, yeah. <laughs> uh, victories with the millennial generation. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate, I, I truly appreciate, because I'm, I'm a doubter at heart, mm-hmm. you know, I I, uh, I'm, 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 I tend to be pretty skeptical, uh, coming off of our, our, uh, our political talk, <laughs> like, um, but I, I, I can appreciate that about them. And I think when, when they see something that's worth giving their life to and, and they experience, um, a group of people that are willing to go for it with them, I, I think, I think they're a really amazing generation. I really do. And uh, just in the last three or four years um, at, at Impact um, on the campus of UNC Charlotte, we experienced some massive, massive breakthrough with mm. this generation. And, um, you know, I think for us, it really came down to equipping them to uh, connect with their peers, mm. you know, and and uh and they wanted to be equipped they wanted to be empowered they they wanted to be coached and uh i think a lot of times they get a bad rap um but they when when they can trust someone when when someone gives a gives them a life worth actually following mm. they will they'll they'll follow you they will really wow. follow you so um you know i i've had my sleepless nights the i am i'm a bald bald guy <laughs> and I, I lost all this hair due to the millennial generation. Um, I have some gray hair coming in my beard, and I can name each one of those a different college student. Um, but at the same time, I have experienced many times where I've stood back in just awe of what um, God has been able to do through college students actually leading the church in the here and now. Mm. And uh, that's what I've given my last 13 years to. Wow. That's great. I guess from year one to year 12, you know, through your ministry, did you see a, a different kind of a paradigm shift in in cultures? I mean, um, or you, you know what I'm saying? Like you have Generation X and you have Generation Y and then you have yeah. millennials. I mean, when, when did you see the generational shift? I mean, uh, let's see. I, I think um, – Basically, all I'm saying is I woke up one day and all of a sudden there were skinny jeans everywhere. There, <laughs> <laughs> there were, there, there, and there are, you know, and and uh, there, there's all, all of the, all of the uh, assumptions and all of the things that have been said about the millennial generation. You can find it, you can find it, but there are some, um, there are some gems out there. I mean, there, there are some, there are some students out there that. They, when they talk about changing the world, they actually put it into action. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've, I had, we had, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 students just this summer that were literally on every corner of this globe giving mm-hmm. their life to, to blessing people and making the world a better place. 
mm-hmm. you know, and they weren't getting paid for it. They were paying to make it happen. Right. And, and, uh, and that's because they, they caught a vision. They caught a vision. And, and I honestly believe that the vision that they caught was that they're a part of this, this table, this family that, that God has created and that every person has been created in the image of God and every person um, should be invited to that table. And so mm-hmm. they go, they'll go anywhere and everywhere to give their lives to that. And so, um, you know, we, we've seen some shifts. We've seen some massive shifts. We, uh, about, about five years ago, we saw a massive shift from, uh, you know, if, if you as the listener know anything about the church world, there's that celebrity worship that we talked about in politics exists in the church as well. And, uh, and, and the, the big show and the, you know, and the lights and the smoke and all Music. that. And the, you know, and, and about four or five years ago, we, we experienced this shift where we realized that that's really what, not what they were looking for. Hmm. You know, they, they might go to it here or there, but that's not what they were looking for. And that's not what was changing their life. What was changing their life was when they were connecting with each other and they were pouring into each other. Like they would experience these cohorts or these kind of like a huddle where they would look each other in the eye and they would pour into one another and they would experience vulnerability and transparency. And like, and that's where we started to see them actually come alive. Mm. You know, that's where they actually were willing to get out of bed and give their life to something else, you know? And so that was a huge shift. Well, that kind of makes sense. So if you think about it, because this gener, this is like one of the first generations that actually has been built. Relationships have been built online Mm. or with an app. Right. Yeah. And the the art of human connection is lost. Mm. I mean, mm. yeah. I can I'll never forget when this whole smartphone revolution started and um being in Chicago for the first time and seeing that no, everyone had had earbuds in, mm. head down on the phone. And I yeah. knew right then and there that everything had changed. I mean, we instead of people connecting through bars or schools or churches or mm-hmm. civic events these people were connecting on going to connect online so mm-hmm. um i could see how one-on-one connection and group connection in person would be a huge draw yeah. so yeah. yeah and i i just started watching the old tv show cheers <laughs> yeah <laughs> Where I, everybody knows your name exactly and i i kind of, I've, I've used that slogan several times over the last dozen years mm-hmm. um so i, I it's on netflix now it's worth a watch. Is it? Yeah. 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 And uh, so my wife and I started watching it. But, you know, like, I, I think that's what people long for. And I think, and, and I, don't, I don't think the millennial generation is any different from that. I think that's what they long for. I think they long for a place where they are known. And, mm. and, that, and not only them, this, this may be, this just popped in my head. Maybe, maybe what they long for is not only that we see that they are unique and that, that, they are created in the image of God, but we also notice that in the person that's sitting next to them. Mm. And and I think when I'm thinking through the college students that I've been working with, if you notice it in them, great. But if you don't notice it in the person sitting next to them, that's completely different than them, then they've got a problem with that. Mm. They've got a real problem with the fact that you can't see that both of them were created in the image of God. And, uh, and so they they want to make sure that there's always an open seat. There's always an open seat at the table, and uh, and that we celebrate the uniqueness that each of us brings to the table. I also wonder. I mean, maybe this is totally off base, but I wonder how much of this longing 
but also you know in, in receptiveness to find it has is because of the cultural shift of the last 30 years i mean we're now at very high percentages of single family homes or a single or single parent homes right now yeah. you know so they don't have a traditional makeup yeah. and then all of a sudden they get to college they long for something that they see as a, as a yeah community yeah i wonder if that has a part to play in it totally yeah i mean the the pittsburgh pittsburgh pirates back in the 70s made a t-shirt and you should go google it um and it says we are family and and i think the pittsburgh pirates were way ahead of themselves because if you notice if you'll listen that word family is everywhere right now Hmm. it's true everywhere and it's speaking to people's hearts and the, the another crazy thing about the millennials is even if their families are broken they love them unconditionally if if their parents are completely jacked up, they love them unconditionally because what they long for is family. That's what they long for. And they, they want it so badly that they're willing to put themselves on the line sometimes to experience it. And that could be a, a major negative too you know, because <laughs> totally. you want to belong so badly that you'll yeah. do whatever it takes to be part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I guess you're saying we shouldn't ride off the millennials. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you're saying there's a hope? <laughs> <laughs> there is a hope. And, and I, think, I think that's where, you know, speaking from a pastor's point of view, I think that's where the church needs to be heading. You know, I, I, I don't think it's just the millennials. I, I think it's everyone. I think we have created this. I, I live in a, a subdivision. And, and we've created this place that is divided by doors. And I cannot tell you how many of my neighbors are lonely, Mm. you know? And, and and we think that we're connected because we play Pokemon go or we we're on Twitter or we're on Snapchat or whatever it is, whatever the new thing is that we were on. And those are all great and wonderful. You know, I'm on all those things, whatever, but like then you, then you sit in your home at night and you are so lonely Mm. you're so lonely. Facebook facade is what I call it Mm because it is, you see that the, Facebook or social media is what you are present to the world and to your friends. Yeah. And then we create these, these for the church, we create these worship services where we come into a room and sit in a, in a row and we stare at the back of somebody's head. And, and we think that that somehow is going to change the world, but that's not what people are longing for. And that's not what people are looking for. What they're looking for is real connection. Mm. What they're looking for is family. You know, what they're looking for is an open door, an open table. Like that's, those are the places where, where the world starts to shift. That's, those are the places that people start to come alive. And, and, uh, and that's what makes the world a little bit better. I mean, we were going back to all the way back to the beginning of the show where you were talking about your friend that was on the last episode. I mean, that's the place where we can start to listen to each other. Right. You know, but we have to be willing to do that. We have to be willing to open the door. We have to be willing to pull up a chair next to somebody that's different than us. Like, and, and I think we're sometimes for those of us in the, uh, that, that have come in generations before we get a little scared, terrified mm-hmm. yeah. of those that don't look like us and that don't think like us, don't see the world like us. Um, as if, you know, somehow like, we're going to give up our our beliefs if we sit down with somebody that is different than us. And yeah. as the church, we got to get we got to get over that. I think this honestly may be one of the first generations out there that, like you said, is very accepting. I mean, yeah. 
no secret, my, my my oldest daughter's biracial. People in my own age group, a little bit younger, I've I've had I've had snap judgments, yeah. but that millennial crowd, probably the first generation, has never made snap judgments about our yeah. family dynamic, you know, yeah. or made made assumptions. I've noticed that in my own kids, like they they do not see color. You know, and they. Oh, it's a bad word now. Don't. I know. Like they, watch out. they, they watch just, out. they don't, and 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 not that, not that the difference. You know, the difference in our skin is is unique and it's beautiful and it's to be celebrated. It's the way God created each Absolutely. one of us. Like, yeah. you know, and diversity. Diversity is nice. I mean, we thank God for yeah, that. Yeah. But my kids are growing up in a world where. Um, all of us in our uniqueness are actually human beings, yeah, you right. know, and that's a really cool thing. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's something to be celebrated in the millennial generation. Um, I just wish they wouldn't go so crazy on rallying around morons. <laughs> you see that quite a bit on college campuses. So, yeah. you know, for my one, my one year in college before I was kicked out, I saw that a lot too. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's in every generation. There's something about the college campus that is very unique in that, you know, like they'll, they they'll rally around the craziest things and and um I think they're looking for something to give their life to. Yeah. You know? And they're not you know, like I'm transitioning into this, you know, big boy church now. Like you yeah. know, where people are like, Oh, so you're finally becoming a preacher. You know, I'm not sure what I've done with the last twelve years of my life, but you know, like you got a real job. Now. Yeah, I got a real job. Yeah. So you've trained those folks how to get a real job so they can pay your salary. But, <laughs> yeah. you but you know, I um they're oh man whether they're 44 or they're 18 like there's so there's these longings that are in each of us you know and and they're not much different <laughs> they're no, it's, it's part know, of our human makeup and chemical makeup it is. I mean, and and i i uh the the same reason when nicole and i walked on campus at unc charlotte we walked across the campus and we saw all of these students walking around with headphones in their you know earbuds in their ears and we're like man we need to create that place where everybody knows your name like mm-hmm. we need to create that kind of community and now we live in a subdivision and we look around at our neighbors and we're like man we need to create that place where mm-hmm. everybody knows your name like mm-hmm. it's the same longing you know and as we get to know our neighbors we realize that that they're experiencing and they're they're wrestling with their brokenness all by themselves like i just had i had a, a girl tell me she said um i sat down with her and uh she shared part of her story you know and and I love to do that. I love I love being in that space where I get to I get to ask questions and I get to investigate and, and excavate people's <laughs> stories. And she's sharing her story with me and she tells me afterwards, she said she said, Justin, you are the only person outside of my immediate family that has taken the time to listen to my story in mm-hmm. that way. You know? And and so like that that speaks to it speaks to what people long for mm. but it also speaks to what is it is broken right. and, and the void yeah. that we need to fill and that is that there are a ton of people that are sitting around doing it all alone and that we can't do it alone we just cannot do do this life alone and and uh i love to be able to step into that space for people not oh, perfect um I did have one question. I just what's your perception? Because you know, I've, I've stated on the show before that you know I was out of our, our family was out of church for fifteen years, mm. and when I left when I left the church, the church was all about fire and brimstone, and yeah. you know, going to hell and Jesus, the devil, the devil's got you, things like that. I mean, and coming back into the church, 
there's been a huge cultural shift. I mean, it is no longer doom and gloom. I mean, it is positive news. Jesus saves. God is good. I mean, there's happiness yeah. there. So what's your take on the cultural shift in the church right now? I mean, mm-hmm. what's what's happening? Maybe where do you see it going? Well, obviously, it, it all depends on what church you walk into, right? Sure. I mean, there sure. there's still you can still find your just turn on the AM station on Sunday morning. <laughs> you can you can find your Hellfire and Brimstone, you know, um, and, and you can walk into a church, you know, right here in good old Charlotte, North Carolina, where it's uh, it, it feels a lot more prosperity gospel, you know, like man, just have faith and God will make your life better and try to find that. Just try to find that in the gospel. Who, feel, who feels compelled to yeah. donate a thousand dollars right now? <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for my Lamborghini to show exactly. up. Exactly. You know? 12. So my neighbor has still, one, but really? yeah, yeah. I don't live in a nice neighborhood. It's, it's kind of crazy that he has a Lamborghini, but he does. This one is fiberglass but, kit Lamborghini. Yeah, it might be, but I, um, you know, the way that, the way that I, I'm, I do ministry and the way that I live my life is um, I try to give my my life to grace and truth is to to finding this balance between just like, uh, man, the gospel of John says like grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Like I think about my wife makes this um, like, it's like 12 layer dessert. It's the most delicious thing in the entire world. Yeah. We'll make it. I know I should (laughs) have. Once you get in in center of text and tell her we're coming over. (laughs) (laughs) But she makes this layer dessert. And I think about that dessert every time when I read John's words of grace upon grace upon grace, it's just like goodness upon goodness upon goodness. And he's describing Jesus. Mm. And so it's goodness upon goodness upon goodness upon goodness. But, at the same time, there's the truth that as we follow Jesus, that he transforms our life, that he begins to change our life, that, that we go from being all about Justin, all about you know me, to being all about my neighbor. I mean, even as radical as this is, this is something that's been rattling around in my soul lately, like, oh, you want to love your neighbor? You think that's cute? Like, oh, by the way, I want you to love your enemy. Mm. And, yeah. you know, like... Got to take it a step further, Jesus thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's the truth. That's truth. So so he has this way of, of hitting this this balance, right? Like between grace and truth. And, and that's what, yeah, at One Life, that's what we're looking to do. You know, we want, we want to be that kind of place. I want to be that kind of dad with my kids, you know? I mean, I think every... All of us, like we can think about that, like you know that's the kind of that's the kind of dad that my dad was. I can tell you so many stories of the times whenever I, I would walk in and my dad would give me grace, like you know I, I remember a girlfriend she, my dad my dad had a paddle named Grace so. <laughs> I can remember this you know this night like a girl she made me mad, and I she hung up on me and I got mad, and I kicked a hole in the wall, and I walk up and I'm for sure that my dad is going to kill me. I thought he was going to end my life, and I didn't even have a bank account, so I didn't know how I was going to pay for it, and he just looks at me and he says, "It's okay, we'll fix it tomorrow." you know like he he offered me grace, but then there were times where my dad would would speak truth into my life like night i come home and i'm i'm hanging out with the wrong crowd and i'm my life is going in the wrong direction and he just meets me sitting on the bed when i come home late at night and he says justin are your priorities straight Mm. and he offered me truth right and and my dad somehow (laughs) by the grace of god like was able to to strike that balance between grace and truth. And I, I think that's, that's what we're called to. Mm. So 
Good stuff. Well, I'm going to kind of bring in the funny because that was, that was pretty heavy stuff. So tell us about this uh, 49,000-gallon balloon fight Yeah, on, on the c- campus there. Well, it's it's something that we stole from some good friends up at uh, <laughs> your your favorite school, the University of Kentucky. Go Kate! Yeah, uh, we have some good friends up there at a campus ministry called CSF, and uh, those guys are amazing. But they put on the, lar- the 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 I think they call it the largest water balloon fight in the world, or something like that. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. But we wanted to do a um, we wanted to do a, a hosted event on campus at Charlotte. Um, to become a part of the culture at mm-hmm. Charlotte. So we started hosting, it's the Charlotte 49ers. So we started hosting the 49,000 water balloon fight. And uh, this year is the seventh annual. And it's, uh, wow. and, and so it's an awesome event. And uh, if you are live in Charlotte or if you're a college student around Charlotte, it is something to go to. It's on the first Wednesday of school and it's a blast and uh, just craziness. If you go on, go on YouTube and search 49,000 water balloon fight, you'll find videos of it, of it and uh, it's a good time. So now that you're dealing with an older congregation, can we start at a 49,000 Gerotol fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just do four. It, four. It, it depends. It depends. Uh, I see what you did there. How do you fill up so many balloons? That's my question. Oh man, we built this contraption. Delegate. Yeah. <laughs> we we do it in we do it in uh, about. Uh, somewhere around 50 hours. I mean, we, yeah. we, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know that I'm ever so exhausted as that, those three days of filling up water balloons. Mm. Um, but you know, it's, it's fantastic. We, it's a great event. It's become, it, it was added to the 49 things you have to do before you graduate from college. Oh, nice. Um, and so we, we've partnered up with the campus activities board on campus. And so it, it that's, that's what, that's why we do it. it we do it, uh, to become a part of the culture. Cause we, I, I still believe that you know um, that we're called as the church to be a blessing to the city, and that event is a blessing to the campus of Charlotte, and and uh, yeah, so just like you guys are doing that thing, you know, where you're going to be out at the Union Street Live, mm. like we just want to be a blessing, right? We want to bless the people around us, bless the city that we're in, and and uh, so that's what the the water balloon fight's about. We're all, we're only here for a short time. Might as <laughs> well make the best of it. So you you know what a spirit animal is? I do. So so we're gonna we ask the question: What's your spirit food? If you oh had to identify with a food, gosh. what would it be? I love food so much. Mm. I, <laughs> I love food so much. I have never been asked that question. I think I think uh, I'd be a steak. Mm. I can be pretty tough sometimes. Oh, you know if nice. it's if I get overcooked, <laughs> and then you can be like a flay where you just melt in your mouth. I try. I tried. <laughs> I tried to stay quiet during the political yeah. segment because I can get overcooked. Yeah, and get a little. So I, I used to be that way too. So yeah, but sometimes if, I still am. If you could cook it medium, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm. I can rock that out. I'm worth. You. I'm yeah. worth keeping around. Yeah. <laughs> Throw some butter on you, and it'd be all right. And my wife is is the butter, so she, you know, you marry that thing with butter. You know, I'm I'm so glad we have some good old ladies at home. That's right, because we would be a wild hair, wouldn't we? I'm sure I'd probably spend like seven to ten in some penitentiary if it went from old lady. No doubt, because sometimes she speaks reason at the right exact moment. So Mm -hmm. they don't. I just feel like my wife doesn't get enough credit. I don't know about you guys, but like. She is, uh, she is truly amazing. There are those certain people in the world that you feel like, like when God created them, he, he put a little extra dose of goodness on them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my wife is that way. I, I'll tell her all the time. I'll just look at her sometimes and be like, 
man, like what, what, what did God do? Like, do you remember the day God created you? Cause he did something a little special. I'm serious. She is, she is something else. You outkicked your coverage, right? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Any any saying you want to throw in there, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. So, but I didn't let her get away. I'm telling you, I, the day that I saw her for the first time, I didn't even meet her. I saw her walk by my door in college, and I said, "Bye bye." I, I I want to date that girl, and I think it was in my head that I want to marry her. Like right away, it was like wow. It was probably the uh, some more d- down deep down inside the old caveman DNA was coming out. You're probably going to bop on her head with a with a dinosaur leg and drag her back to your cave or something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's about all I could think at that moment. Was oh my gosh, she's beautiful and she must be amazing. I want to marry her, and I'm sure you're like oh she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I bet she has a wonderful personality. Yeah. She's okay for looking. Yeah, like, yeah. She, she's kind of pretty, but I really like her intelligence. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Way to cover that. Yeah. yeah no, that's, all right. So that's uh, that wraps up episode seven of the Southern Fried Philosophy. I do want to remind you again this Thursday. Don't forget, put it on your calendar. It's going to be around five thirty to six Union Street Live, right in front of the HB Five Studios. You can Google it if you need to, but uh, it's going to be the backyard battle. It's going to be probably awesome. probably have a grand trophy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, Something. I'll work on the trophy for you. Okay. Like from Christmas Story, the leg lamp. <laughs> I've always wanted one. Well, I'll see what I can anyway, do. Anyway, thanks, oh. thanks to Justin for uh, coming in from One Life Church. Uh, you can see him at onelifechurch.tv. Um, also, I'd like to appreciate, uh, we appreciate Lenny and the band for mm-hmm. our song, intro song. Um, please visit ba- badmothersmokers.com, uh, promo code MOJO, if you want 10% off your order. But anyway, we appreciate you guys listening in. Um, check out Instagram, Twitter at SFP Radio, uh, Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy, and also our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. Please go to iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a review. That's how we mount our rage against the machine and take over the empire of, of the media world. So please, please, please do that. We we love the responses we've been getting. And also, um, keep up your uh, messaging us and let us know what you'd like to, for us to ask Schwabe if once we have him back on to uh, mm-hmm. discuss uh, discuss version point two or 2.0 with the uh, honest conversation with about Islam. And uh, just keep it up. Keep it real. And please love your neighbor. Let's make this place a better place. Thanks a lot. And as always, keep it rolling. <laughs> nah, she, I bet she has a great socioeconomic plan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she does really good grades. Uh, she does really good grades. <laughs> I said she has.